Good morning, everybody. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Bill Francovella. I'm the senior pastor of this church, and I need to also acknowledge that I serve with so many wonderful people, and I wanted to personally thank everyone that was here on Friday night. Uh, it was quite an event. There were a lot of people here, and somebody said, so what, 80% your church? I said, I think it's closer to 40% arch. I mean, it was, we were definitely in the minority here. We really served the community, and I couldn't have been happier with the way that it all turned out. So thank you all, uh, Matt and Andrea, and everyone else who served. You know, and I believe that next year is going to be just as good. Don't you? Better. better. There, that's right, if not better. And we're all looking forward to see what God is going to do in our midst in the future. Is, is that something to get excited about? Yes. Yes, you know, the more I read the Bible, the more I read about the future, and I say, man, this is going to be awesome, some of the things that we're going to be seeing. And, you know, the longer I live in God's kingdom, the happier I am. You know, spending time with my Creator is among the greatest blessings on this earth that I get to live out. How about you? You know, and why is that? Is he the kind of God where I just do some ceremony and, and claim to know him because I did something? Not really. In fact, not at all. He's the kind of God who answers back when I have a question. You know, he's the kind of God who listens. He's the kind of God who takes an active interest in his people. He's the kind of God who has a self-sacrificing love about him that only his people truly know and understand. He's the kind of God who is willing to have the hard conversations with us when we need to have them. He's the kind of God, no matter what happens to us in this world, no matter where we might be, as long as we have breath in our lungs, blood in our veins, and thoughts in our head, we can talk to the creator of the heavens and the earth. Anyone care to disagree? I hope not. Because if you do, I mean, we're going to try it sometime. You know, tomorrow's one of the most important days, one of the most important holidays, isn't it? It's a day of remembrance to many Christians around the world, and I'm not talking about All Hallows' Eve. I'm talking about the 505th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. It's a day to remember when one man stood up and refused to listen to man any longer. He chose to listen to God. And he chose to obey the voice of God. It's a very important day. Very important that we remember it. And obviously our friend, Martin Luther, he was not a perfect man. Uh, he would, but I will say this, he was wise enough to know that. And say to anyone listening, hey, you know, I got some good stuff, but ultimately you know who you should be listening to. You should be listening to God. You should be reading his word. That's why he translated the Bible into German so that the people could read it. And I'll tell you this, any question you may have, it should only be logical that we want to hear what our Lord has to say on every topic. Now the Bible, it, it's my favorite book of all time. Is it yours? Yes, correct answer. Yes. But does it have the answer to every single question out there? Let's be real. Let's be real. Does it have the answer to every question? Where should I go to college? Should I go to Harvard or Yale? Maybe that's in the book of Second Opinions. You know, I flip through a Bible and it really doesn't say. What should I have for dinner tonight? Is, is that in there? 
And, and yeah, you're going to argue, oh, in Leviticus it gives a diet. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about tonight. Okay, okay. Should I be a missionary to North Korea or should I join the army? You know, the Bible says nothing about those things. And, 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 it, and that is simply why we must know his voice. Because we're going to have questions. We're going to have questions that we don't necessarily find in here. It's why John 10.27 is such an important passage of Scripture. I could spend a lifetime just analyzing this one verse where it says, My sheep hear my what? My voice. I know them, and they follow me. Do you know the voice of Jesus? The voice of the living God? Uh, when you have for an answer to a question not found in Scripture, and are you sure it's him answering? And it's an important question because when you know his voice, you can proceed with the confidence necessary to live a life that glorifies him. And the good news is that, you know, the Bible, despite the fact that it can't tell me if I'm going to Harvard this year, is that it's a great place to start. Wouldn't you agree? It's a great place to start and get to know his voice. You know, no matter how many times that I've read the Bible or that you've read the Bible, I can guarantee this, you're always going to find something in it, hopefully daily. And I find that starting my day with at least two chapters is just a spiritual breakfast from part of a balanced breakfast right there. You know, recently the Lord led me through Ezekiel. I got more out of that book than I ever thought possible. And, and it's really for one reason that I got so much out of it. Why? Because he's the one who told me to read it. He knew the time was right. So when I was done with Ezekiel, I asked, oh, what should be next? And I, I think I kind of jumped the gun on it. And I said, well, John, because God, God always wants us to read John. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't get a whole lot out of John this time. Oops. I'm serious. I mean, it's a great book. I love it. But, you know, it was a little different. And I didn't really give it to prayer which I kind of, and I don't say, well, Pastor Bill says I shouldn't read John. No, I'm telling you, read John when God tells you to read John. But recently, you know, when I was finished with John, I said to myself, I want to have another Ezekiel experience with you, Lord. I want to go through a book, just the two of us. It's going to be great. And he led me to First Chronicles. Man, do I love First Chronicles. People are already laughing at me. It's a lot of names in there, a lot of names to remember. So I'm going to tell you to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. You know, to a lot of people reading through 1 Chronicles, it seems like something of a chore. It's a lot of genealogy. It's a lot of genealogy. It takes you all the way back to Adam. A lot of names in the first few chapters. It's enough to make you wonder, well, why did Ezra include so much in this book that has such little relevance to us today? Well, it was divinely inspired, so i got to believe it's there for a reason. He was listening to the voice of God. And we find the genealogies of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, some stories seem of little significance, but I believe that Ezra and Holy Spirit felt these accurate records are very important. And after all, other kingdoms, they didn't keep these kinds of records, did they? You know, you don't find this in Persia or Egypt or Ethiopia, or anything like that. And we get to a chapter, <clears throat> like chapter 9. You don't have to turn there with me. And all of a sudden, it recounts the family tree of King Saul, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, chosen to be the first king of God's people. 
And you got to love a good story about Saul, don't you? Because he started off as a great king. And, and I believe that he was capable of so much more. But what happened to our dear friend, King Saul? Plain and simple, he stopped listening to God. He stopped listening to the voice of God. He started making big mistakes. He got impatient with God. He stopped waiting to hear from the Lord. And you may know the stories already, but even when the prophet Samuel tried to correct him, it was of such little use. So what does God do? He chooses another man, a better man to be king. And I think you know who I'm talking about. David. David, the man after God's own heart. And Samuel goes to tell David and his family that David is is going to be king. And I have to say, you know, it's that point in David's life where I feel a little sorry for him. Okay, he has to wait. And, and he has a tough job because people, you know, they get to know David a little bit and find out that he has the anointing on his life to be king. Samuel the prophet came in, went through seven different brothers and gets to David and says, oh yeah, this is the one. And, and if you have <clears throat> siblings, how easy is it for them to keep a secret when they know something really big about you? I have to tell you, And think about it. He has to convince people who he was, who he's all about. Saul was also king, though. David was also anointed king. Now, does that mean that David is just going to run out and kill Saul? No, it wasn't the heart of David. Uh, Unfortunately, that wasn't good enough for quite a few people. You know, David knew God quite well. His position was a good one. God does not make mistakes, so I'm not going to kill the one that God anointed before me. It sounds like an easy position. Saul was safe, but David has a hard time convincing people of this, particularly Saul. And Saul, well, he must be trying to kill me. After all, as soon as I die, he becomes king. So Saul tries to kill David. And then Saul sent his men to try to kill David. And for years, David, he's on the run. He's living in caves. He's writing psalms. And steadily, his numbers of his army are growing every day. Everyone is waiting for the next king. Waiting. They want to serve him. They want to be part of something great as Saul's power continues to dwindle. Until one day, Saul and all of his sons die. Is David still ready to just come and take the kingship? He still has a lot of people out there that are after him. And there's still many supporters of the house of Saul, and they don't go away easily. Until one day, David is confronted by many of them, and everything changes. And what changes? Someone decides to listen to the voice of God. And we're going to read from 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 16 where it says, Other Benjaminites and men from Judah also went to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said to them, If you have come in peace to help me, my heart will be united with you. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies, even though my hands have done no wrong, may the God of our ancestors look on it and judge. And now now pay attention, because we're about to read a phrase that's only found four times in the entire Bible, okay? And when I find something like that, i got to go through all four of them. It takes me 
quite a while, you know, and then you guys get to listen about it. And yes, I'm going to show you all four of them. Verse 18. Then the Spirit enveloped Amasai, chief of the 30. And he said, we are yours, David. We are with you, son of Jesse. Peace, peace to you and peace to him who helps you, for your God helps you. So David received them and made them leaders of his troops. The Spirit enveloped Amasai. You know, your translation might say, the Spirit clothed Amasai. And how does the Spirit clothe or envelop someone? You know, I I think the Spirit offers insight to someone with a tough decision to make. You know, do we side with David or are we loyal to the house of Saul? Which is it? Which, in fact, this book didn't say a whole lot about it because a lot of this book hadn't been written at the time. So what are these guys going to do? And it's even more than that because this, this Hebrew term, <clears throat> it, it's, it's the Spirit so convinces you. He makes it so crystal clear to you, you almost have no choice. Some commentaries I read said you literally have no choice. Sounds somewhat antithetical to what God does, to be honest with you. I think the Spirit ministers to us in these difficult times when a tough decision must be made quickly. And he can only work through those who are willing to listen to the voice of God. And I think a lot of people back in biblical times, since they didn't have the internet, uh, the fake news uh, that they received had to come by word of mouth. And while both Saul and David were heroes... Many favored Saul because of his might. And only the voice of the Lord could clear up the confusion that was going on with Amasai and the 30 men that he was leading. Sounds a lot like today, doesn't it? There's a lot of competing voices trying to get your attention, trying to convince you of something. And I can tell you, I literally had a conversation with someone I love very much just this morning on my way here. We could not have been on, opposite, on more opposite ends of the plane. And he did his internet research, and I did my internet research. <laughs> That's why we have to listen to the voice of God. And to be clear, the Bible, it actually doesn't say much more about our friend Amasai. It really doesn't, but we know is that he was a mighty warrior, and he was faced with these decisions. And thankfully, you and I have the luxury, you know, not only do we have the Bible at our fingertips, but we know that because of that, that choosing David's side was the right side. Turn with me to Judges 6. It's a story of one of my favorite guys in the Bible, Gideon. And and God just told Gideon he wants him to take a major stand on an issue affecting the place that he lived. Cut down the altar to the false god Baal. And a decision like that, is that an easy one? That that could put your life in in jeopardy, couldn't it? It may come at a cost of their life. Your children could be punished for it. And while I love taking a stand on things, it's wise to seek the Lord when things might get a little dangerous, wouldn't you say? When you're willing to put on a spectacle, when you're willing to put on a spectacle, it's always important to say the words, Lord, am I a fool? I guarantee you, he will answer. He'll be very honest with you, too. Gideon, 
he did cut down the altar that God told him to cut down. Meet me in verse 33, where it says, All the Midianites, Amalekites, and people of the east gathered together, crossed over the Jordan, and camped in the Jezreel Valley. And here it is. The Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon, and he blew the ram's horn, and the Abiezrites rallied behind him. He sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh who rallied behind him. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali who also came to meet him. You know, the story of Gideon, it's such an important one. And knowing what we know about Gideon, this is a guy at the beginning of his career, he second-guessed himself a lot. He needed some encouragement. He was not a man of confidence when we start reading stories about him. So I don't think this was something that Gideon did lightly. It took the Spirit of the Lord clothing him to give him the courage to blow that ram's horn. Now the third time we see this phrase is in 2 Chronicles chapter 24. We're going to be flipping a little bit today. Turn with me there because this is one of those times in scriptures where things don't work out too well for God's people at least on paper. It's a story about a man named Zechariah who's about to pay a high price for this. He's not the prophet Zechariah who wrote the book. It says, the kingdom of Judah, uh, and, and the kingdom of Judah is turning away from God in a big way. And you're going to find it in verse 15, 2 Chronicles 24, 15. Jehoiada died when he was old and full of days, he was 130 years old at his death. He was buried in the city of David with the kings because he had done what was good in Israel with respect to God and his temple. However, after Jehoiada died, the rulers of Judah came and prayed homage, paid homage to the king. And the king listened to them. And they abandoned the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and served the Asherah poles and the idols. So there was wrath against Judah and Jerusalem for this guilt of theirs. Nevertheless, he sent them prophets to bring them back to the Lord. They admonished them, but the people would not listen. And that's a good God, sending prophets to show the people the error of their ways and how they can reconnect with the living God, wouldn't you say? That's the kind of God I want to serve. But in verse 20, we get to the most important part where it says the Spirit of God enveloped 